Welcome everyone, this is Megan Cummings-Kruger and today our conversation is going to be focused on the transformational power of wisdom traditions such as mentoring and the connection between business leadership and culture. My guest today is Ebony Adams-Monk who is the Director of Global Marketing for Advanced Refining Technologies which is a joint venture between Chevron and W.R. Grace. Ebony began her career at Amoco Chemical Company, and since then, her 27-year career has included leadership positions in engineering, operations, continuous improvement, and sales operation. Ebony's inspiring leadership style has earned her numerous leadership awards and speaking engagements. Her passion for transformational leadership led her to write her first book, Leading Wise, Inspirational Reflections for Corporate Leaders, which was published to positive reviews this April. She holds a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering from the University of Illinois, Chicago, and an MBA from Georgia State University. Ebony is also a former Mentium mentee. She is currently participating as a mentor with her sixth Mentium partnership. She's based in Columbia, Maryland, where she lives with her two sons. Welcome, Ebony. I am delighted to have you as a guest today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Six. I didn't realize it was six. <laughs> yes, it starts to add up quickly. That's uh, right. So I want to start out because it's really exciting uh, publishing your first book and that really just happened. And so you said that you've had this book inside of you for years. So if you would uh, share with us what inspired you to write this book? Well, it's a really good question. And for me, I've always felt like I had a huge purpose, if, if that makes sense, right, whatever that means to people. And I, I have always tried to figure out how to live that purpose no matter where I was. And one of my biggest passions is related to culture, um, in particular, African culture. Um, being an African-American woman in my house, we, we celebrated whatever remnants and pieces of culture that we could. And over time, I began to study more about different cultures all over the world. And I began to take a lot of the things that I was learning, a lot of the principles, a lot of the ways of being. And I recognized that I was applying those lessons at work. Um, and so what I learned is that work can really be a pathway for us to express our authenticity um, as well as our talents. And, and that's really what led me to the book. I, the book is filled with some anecdotal, uh, it's very poetic the way that it's written. And it's a way for leaders to step back away from their leadership just enough to be able to deepen it uh, in a way that helps us to think about our, our own individual purpose, as well as the purpose of the organization and what we can really bring to it to impact the organization, but also the people. Um, that, that part is really important for me. Absolutely. And when you think about that book, of course, they always say it's much like uh, birthing a child is birthing that book. When you think of it, any story come to mind that you'd uh, like to share? You know, the one story that comes to mind in the book, there's a part in the book where I write about the women gathering forth the day. And I was in Brazil, uh, spent, I uh, was there for a couple of weeks. And these communities, wisdom communities, indigenous communities, their focus is really about tradition. 
and we we say we're going home right when the community comes together it's it's everyone is in the house and it was on this particular day there were lots of activities that were going on celebrations and festivities at, at our house and the women were singing and they were making food that had been prepared for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and I just remember being a part of that and remembering the sense of belongingness and nurturing and community in that moment. And in the book, I ask, I challenge the readers, I challenge myself to say, are we nurturing that same kind of wholeness and connection in our own communities at work, right? It's easy to think about it when we're thinking about our families, our extended families, or other organizations that we're a part of, but how do we bring elements of that into our work environment so that people feel a sense of belonging? Yeah, and as you're saying that, it, it occurs to me that's such a relevant pressing need right now with the recovery of dealing with the COVID pandemic, all the changes that are happening within the working world here in the United States. Uh, when you talk about that belonging, community, engagement, it seems like there is a real connection there. There, there is. You know, this past year um, has really been about how can we come together. That that's been one of the primary questions that that for me continued to come up over and over again. Um, I gave a speech recently, and I said, you know, if 2020 it asked us many things and it told us many things, and one of the things that it told us is we have to do this together. And if you don't believe that, right, the coronavirus will tell you that we have to do it together. Or an incident like George Floyd will tell us we have to do it together, right? There's so many different things that are going on in the world. And I, I often wonder, are we approaching the, the solutions? Are we looking at the problems that exist in a very holistic way, in a way where we're all contributing to the conversation and all being able to benefit from the conversation. You know, in the work world, that has evolved into a lot of conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And I think most of our companies have been involved in those discussions and many discussions are, are, are we're grappling trying to understand what does it really mean for our organization and asking ourselves, are we really being inclusive? Um, and how are we being diverse in, in our thought um, as well as in, in our makeup? It's a huge challenge, but also a huge opportunity. Absolutely. You know, you are an African-American woman who has thrived authentically in a very male-dominated industry. How have you succeeded in navigating the corporate culture where there is a great deal of difference? So for me, and, and I have to say, coming into corporate culture was a little bit of a shock to the system for me. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. And so the corporate world that I walked into did not look like the community. It didn't look like the neighborhood where I lived. However, I knew that I belonged there and I knew that I was there for a reason. 
And that's one of the, those elements, those cultural elements that, that I bring into my work is having a connection with, with my family's expectations and our values. You know, you'll, I, I often you know, talk with, with many of my friends who are African-American as well, and we'll say, you know, we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. And that thought, you know, going into work on the first day was the thing that helped me to, to begin to navigate that culture. While I was there, I had to have a clear sense of purpose, a clear sense of who I am and what I bring. Even as a new engineer, you're working in that space, I had to be very clear about what I could bring, but also to be very open. And that was something that evolved over time, being open to learn from people who had been there for a long time and being open to learn from people who didn't look like me. And many times I had to take the first step. And what I found over time is that people were willing to help, that people ultimately wanted to be able to succeed together, but the same level of discomfort that I may have had, they may have had also. And so it takes for somebody to say, okay, let's have a conversation. You know, I need help, can you help me? The other thing that really helped me navigate is having good mentors. So Mentium was actually a huge part of, of my career and being able to navigate to help me to understand my worth as a professional and also how to navigate when it came to developing my, my career plan and developing that trajectory. I've had sponsors um, and so it's been a community, right? But it started with me. It started with me recognizing that one, I, I belong there and I had something to contribute and that I had a clear sense of purpose. And, you know, they talk so much uh, when you look at the world of mentoring about uh, the ability to see through the other person's eyes and see that difference. And of course you entered, um, the corporate world with your lens, you know, with gender, racial, cultural difference through your lens. What has perhaps surprised you about what you were seeing so clearly that was not being seen by other eyes? So for me, I do believe that we all have a very strong connection with each other. And so a lot of my lessons come from lessons that I've learned in uh, being a part of these wisdom traditions. And as I studied different traditions, Native American culture, um, I had a teacher who had spent some time in India and I learned from her. I've spent time with people who understood and, and, and helped to introduce me and teach me to West African culture and how that's manifested in Brazil. And one of the things that I began to notice is that there was really this a universal thread of truth, that's what I call it. It was something that was very similar between all of these different cultures. And those were the nuggets that I started to realize that those were the things that resonated with me because there was real power and truth in them. And when I think about how that relates in the corporate world, one of the things that I've done a lot of is managing cross-functional teams and being a leader of cross-functional teams. And what I always notice is it doesn't matter what the function is, we all kind of see things from our own perspective, but ultimately there is this common theme that emerges. And if we can learn how to tap into that, 
then that's where we can be powerful and then begin to move together uh, as a, an effective and powerful team. Yeah, that really brings me to um, a question I wanted to ask you around. Uh, you did a, I think it's called a VIP session with an organization, uh, Brandpreneurial. Uh, and you've shared that it was a really powerful experience. It really impacted um, your experience of that imposter syndrome and how you were able to uh, lead in a different way. Uh, what can you share about that experience? So that experience was, um, it was part of a journey for me, um, learning how to, we talk about personal branding and that's what Brandpreneur does, helps people understand their value their worth and how to communicate that. And that's the process that I went, went through with, with that organization. And what it taught me was exactly that. Uh, it taught me what I value and the value I bring and how to translate that to other people. It, it helped me to become clearer about how I wanted people to feel. Um, but more than that, it really helped me to understand my worth, my value and my worth. And as I think about women, um, I think about myself as a, all of my experiences as a single mother. Um, I relocated my sons out of state and we ended up being in a place where we had no family, we had to build that. Um, and so there were a lot of different situations that I was a part of that really challenged the notion of my worth and what I could do and what I couldn't do. And that process, while on the surface, it looks like it's just branding, it's just brand identity, it's personal branding. For me, it was a very deeply moving experience because I brought my full self to it. And because of that, I really got a lot out of it. You know, I suspect that this topic really resonates for a lot of listeners because this has been a very challenging year and a half for everyone. Uh, the research, as well as all the anecdotal stories I've heard from mentees and mentors all show that everyone has uh, taken a real hit to their confidence. And so I'm wondering, is there um, any exercises or experiences that really helped you? Because I think that that's something that is going to be uh, really useful for our audience. Uh, so activities to actually build confidence. Yes. Um, so what I've done, goodness, there's so many things. I don't know where to start. Um, <laughs> so one of the most deeply impactful things I've done is to take time for reflection. And as corporate professionals, corporate leaders, we are often, every time I get on a call with someone, we say, okay, I gotta go because I have to go to my next Zoom call. Um, and it was that way even when we were in the office, you know, we were leaving one conference room and walking into the next conference room or going into our offices to take a phone call. And what I realized is that I needed to take some time back to actually reflect on the work that I was doing and how I wanted to do it and to be able to ask myself, what would I do differently the next time? And so instead of it being this compounding of experience after experience after experience with no time for integration, I learned to really to take time to just sit back and reflect. Um, so even today, I facilitated just a short 20 minute mindfulness practice with six professional women. 
just take time out of your lunch today and let's just take some time together to just breathe, be mindful and be reflective. And it's such a simple thing to do, but in many ways it's enough for me to ground me so that I can, I can do make whatever adjustments I need to make or celebrate whatever I need to celebrate so that I can continue to do better and continue to perform and contribute each and every day. It really has become such a differentiator, hasn't it? To be able to intentionally take that time so that you're able to, as you say, to integrate and also then focus. That's right. Any of, anything else before we move on to this topic? Because I think it's such a meaty topic. Uh, anything else? Uh, I know, of course, because uh, we are, uh, you know, I've known you for years now, and uh, we certainly see each other on LinkedIn regularly, and you have has built a larger presence on there. Uh, and so anything else that comes to mind as far as as you've worked to really come into your voice and take your space, anything, any other practice that comes to mind that's been helpful with that? You know, um, for me, I have a continuous improvement mindset. So I'm a six single black belt, but I do that kind of work on myself as well, even outside of work, which is probably pretty scary, um, <laughs> but, but I do. And, and what I've done is, you know, this practice of mindfulness is one not to be taken lightly. So, you know, many days I could be washing the dishes or sweeping the floor and what I've noticed is that then becomes my time to, to be mindful. That becomes my time to be mindful. Um, you know, everything from, you know, what you see on LinkedIn is really just years of mindfulness training, um, a yoga teacher, um, as well as all these lessons and, and learnings I have from these wisdom traditions. It's just all of it coming together. And, you know, the one thing that, I would mention is that when you realize that there's something that is bursting to come out of you as a professional, could be at work or outside of work, allow yourself the space to be curious about that and to, and to really move into it. It could be a very powerful thing. Absolutely. So when you think about, uh, there's so much I'm sure uh, that comes to your mind for all the ahas, the wisdoms, the takeaways that you've had. I mean, you've really been a continuous learner and a questioner throughout your life. But when you think about what advice you'd have for up and coming leaders, what takeaways would you like to share as a mentor, as a leader, and then of course, as a learner? You know, the biggest takeaway for me, I just mentioned it actually, is to be curious. Um, to be curious, to be adventurous and be willing to take some risks. And for me, I became a yoga teacher after the age of 40. <laughs> and it wasn't something that I necessarily intended to do. And I didn't know that it would have such a positive impact on my leadership inside of work. So I hear friends of mine who are artists who paint on the weekends and they talk about how they get this incredible clarity as a result of them taking time and really leaning in to, to that artistic um, energy, if you will. And whether it's inside of work, another way is inside of work, recognizing that if you want to know about another part of the organization, 
to reach out to someone and ask and really begin to learn about that part of the organization. And what I found is when we're adventurous and curious outside of work, it's sometimes easier to bring that into work. Um, it's just like a natural thing that happens. And so I would say really follow your curiosity wherever it takes, wherever it takes you because you just never know where, where you may land. The other piece of advice I would have is to always be open, be open to people, be open to opportunities. Again, because you just never know what's waiting for you unless you're open. Because when you're open, then you're looking, right? You're allowing yourself to see things um, from a perspective that says, wow, let me go and be curious. Let me go and, and explore this. I love that. All right, so I want to close with um, my favorite last question, and that is, do you have a favorite quote or saying or motto? I imagine there's quite a few you've learned from all the wisdom circles, but what comes to mind? So there are so many, but the one that comes to mind the, the most is the saying, and I don't know exactly where it originates, but there's a saying that says, just when the caterpillar thought life was over, it became a butterfly. And I get chills every time I say that um, because it's true and it really mirrors my life. There have been times in my life where people told me I couldn't do something, right? I couldn't rise the corporate ladder and contribute because I was a single mother or because I was living someplace and I didn't have family in the area to help support me with the things that I needed for my sons or that I wouldn't have community. There are all these different things that people tell us about what we can and we cannot do. And what I found is that if we allow ourselves to have a different vision for ourselves in our lives, then we can actually recreate ourselves in some pretty amazing ways. That is wonderful. I love not only the quote, but what a great, I mean, that is the classic transformational symbol, isn't it? That's right. It absolutely is. I was just talking with someone about that. Um, and it, what's interesting about it is we see the butterfly, we see the caterpillar, and we're like, oh, that's so beautiful. And we see the, the butterfly, and we're like, oh, that's so beautiful. And there's this journey that happens in between where there's actually a lot of work and effort and energy that's going on to actually become and transform into that butterfly. It's, it's, and it's a good reminder that this is a journey. It's, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, we're human beings and you know, really navigating this experience. And there's so many different facets to that. We just have to be willing to, to, be, to allow ourselves to journey. That's a perfect ending. I couldn't add anything to that, Ebony. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Ebony, for sharing your perspective, your experiences around transformational leadership, but also that authenticity, that, that openness to have those courageous conversations. Uh, thanks to all of you who are listening to Mentium Matters podcast. We have a number of excellent guests like Ebony lined up, so please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And for additional resources, you can find show notes on the Mentium website. We look forward to having you join us next time.